0: In regards to the maqas that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians, is the pluktah, there is an uh there's a difference of opinions between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Kiva between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Kiva, and we say this actually in the Hagodah. Rabbi Lezar Rabbi Lezir says, Call Makkah, every Makkah that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians in Mitzraim, Hai Sushall Arba makkas, was really a. It, it had four elements uh, to each makkah. Each makkah was a four times by four. Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Kiva says Each makkah was times by five. What is the what is the dispute between Rabbi Leza and Rabbi Kiva whether it was four or five? Shalabah shalchamish. Is mevor in Kolbi. The Kolbe explains it, Hashem Balam Alamed and the name of Balam Alamed, as the plukt is that this is what the basis of the dispute is. Rabbi Lezer holds, holds, as the makasam durkunim and alad dalid yisaidus fi yedazach, that each makah penetrated down to a cellular level. There's four elements that everything is made up of: esh, mayim, ruach, afar, fire wind, air uh, fire, water, air and uh, and earth and, uh, so each one of them was also stricken by each makkah so it didn't just strike the thing that uh, I'll give an example actually in Valachal give given the makkahs which uh, that each element of the whatever it is that the makkah struck it struck down to the cellular level in other words, the Makah is given Nishnar in the Zach, the Shoina Murka For the Alufir. You say this not only did the Makah affect the, the, whatever it is that as it is already brought together and expressed as an entity, as a whole entity, which is made up of four elements, nor as the Grech Nochtifa, but that the Makah reached much deeper into the into to whatever was striking, in the that it also struck the each one of the elements separately. in the which the, the four elements that are contained in that thing which was being stricken. the river arba and therefore each maka was made up of four, because not only is the thing itself, but each one of the elements the four elements as well. Well, the is an example, this is what I was saying dam is geschlagen geworden that when Hashem struck the water and made, turned it into blood, it didn't only turn water, Nishna the it didn't only strike the water, affect the water, as as it is a composite of the four elements which turn into water, which comp- comprise water. Nor in their ruach of but also affected the fire element which is contained in water, and the air element which, or gas element which is contained in the water, and the earth element which is con- which contained in the water. So that's why each whatever it struck, it was on four levels. That's why he says that each Maka was made up of four. Rabbi Kiva tutuf Rabbi Kiva goes a step further as the Makkah is that the Makkah was also in not only in the actual elements of the thing but even in what's called the potential what could be the the concept of it the very concept, the very idea of water not as it's actually water but the uh, theoretical idea of water was also stricken which the idea of something, which is called Hiyuli in uh, in philo- Jewish philosophical uh, discussion, is that is something that is transcendent, even of the uh, the cellular level of every physical entity. So then that was also stricken. So comes at us. Yeah, the makas that he was composed of five because it struck each one of the four elements plus the very concept, the very idea of that entity, like water, let's say, which was turned into blood. When the this in the which is the four elements and the potential for it. Base. The Machovan in the Maqis is given. What was the the purpose of each the machis? Why did Hashem bring machis uh, plagues upon the Egyptians. Kishmoy, as the name describes, to shlogun on was to strike. Maka means to strike, and to break down the Mitzrayim. The fun is From this we understand, as the inin anal that this idea does was the makas the dvorimah Sorry, that this that the makas uh, penetrated each thing which was stricken, like the water which was turned into blood. So first of all, like the Deus is given in the Gilui. in the on. so the according to both opinions, the Maka was not only in the external appearance of the thing or the way the thing um, plays out, like water is water. But it wasn't only in what the Maka was did not only strike water as it exists, as water nor in helm for but also in that which is behind the what makes up water so that there are elements which make up water and the four elements together are what create water so it wasn't just as a finished product water but also in every element which contributes to being water so both of them agree to that part and then there is the tzvei deyus. And now, then we have the two different opinions, divergent opinions, whether it also struck the very concept of the, the water, the potential for water, or the nor in the from or only into the actual physical elements which bring about water, which contribute to water, the cells, let's call it, which make up water. But not the potential idea the very idea of water and that's the dispute is so that the the difference of opinion would depend so what was try what was Hashem trying to accomplish by bringing these plagues against the uh, Egyptians to break down the corruption the tumor the impurity of Mitzrayim. so how far did the Makkah have to go depends on how far did the influence of the Egyptian Tuma impurity affect that water, let's call it, let's say if we take it as an example water did the impurity of Mitzrayim only penetrate to the external of, uh, element of water that everybody agrees no, it went much deeper than that it went down to the cellular level to the four elements which make up water But there's another opinion that says that it went even further into the very idea of water, that even that was corrupted by the Egyptian impurity. Now we're going to say it inside. So in accordance with how deeply Egyptian uh, impurity affected the water that's how much the makkah had to come in order to break it down, in order to destroy it, down to, the, to that element, to, the where it, to how far it was able to penetrate. So according to one opinion, it only penetrated the physical, cellular components of water. According to the second opinion of Akiva, it penetrated even to the very idea of water, and that's why the makkah even, even broke that down. Gimel. There is in Yonanaal this idea, as Tumas Mitzrayim had the greich them etzim for Mitzias that the impurity of Mitzrayim reached into the very core of certain things, of those things. When the ibbege, ibbege brachte plukten them, as well as the aforementioned uh, dispute about it, Shpikul Tzachab the in Yoniy is also mirrored, also reflected, as all matters of Agoda of Medrish in Pnimiyas Atayre. And as well as in oich nila the just like um, everything is also brought out, can also be seen in the revealed part of tayra. Even though this is a medrash and it talks about elemental things and so on, but it's also brought out in actual halacha. Biz in in the iser for and this can be seen in when we talk about chametz. And how deeply, how, how far do we say that chametz affects the, uh, the dough or the bread which has become chametz. Because chametz, why is it that there is a prohibition of chametz on Pesach? Because it is also an expression of Egyptian, of the Tuma of Egypt, which we have to ban on Pesach. So, depending on how far do we feel that the Egyptian um, tumma reached that Chometz, that's how far the ban will go. There is a chametz is the prohibition for Chometz is not only that you're not allowed to eat Chometz on Pesach, and not even that you're not allowed to have any other kind of benefit from it on Pesach. But it also goes so far as to say that you shouldn't even own it, it shouldn't even be in your presence not even that you're not allowed to use it but that it shouldn't even be there um, khiv, uh, um, mitzvah from chametz, which is the reason there is a mitzvah to completely destroy any chametz that you have because you're not allowed to even have it, never mind benefit from it, certainly not to eat it, you're not allowed to even have it therefore it has to be destroyed, so that brings with it the mitzvah of the destruction of the chametz that you have the the difference between these three things we just mentioned, which is the chilah the prohibition to eat chametz, the Isra no the prohibition to have any benefit, and that it shouldn't even be in your presence, you shouldn't even own it, or Bir which leads to the fact that you have to destroy it, is what's the difference between them? The the Surah Mittan Dovran Nechal is the connection between eating something and therefore, and that that's prohibited, is connected with the way the thing is. What is its nature? What is the purpose, the nature of this piece of dough, which happens to be chametz, What is its purpose? That's called the Tzura, the way it's presented. What is its meaning? What? Why is it there? Vier de Dovan Hanechel Gomor the way so therefore, the prohibition would only attach itself to this piece of food which is in the state of being food. the that it is edible, so the purpose of the piece of bread is that it should be eaten. that's its outer purpose. so the prohibition extends to its outer purpose, which is that it should be eaten therefore you're not allowed to eat it that's how far the prohibition goes but it does not attach itself to its very existence that it exists as something regardless of what its purpose is what its function is we don't care about that it goes even deeper that it, it might even go deeper that it the very fact that it exists that alone is already prohibited to you because it doesn't reach that far therefore the prohibition only attaches itself to not eating it so there are certain things which are only prohibited to be eaten because the prohibition only exists on that outer function and purpose of this particular item and therefore the prohibition is also only to the outer purpose of it which is do not eat it but what about the very existence of it could I sell it can I give it to somebody as a gift? yes you can because the prohibition doesn't reach further than its function it doesn't reach the prohibition doesn't reach into the very existence of this piece of food when we talk about something that is prohibited from any kind of benefit it, that's connected that is why can't you have any kind of benefit from something because it's not only a prohibition in its function but the prohibition reaches further in its very existence and therefore you're not allowed to do anything with it at all anything about it is prohibited because its very existence is prohibited and therefore you can't sell it or have any benefit from it at all which happens to be one of the explanations. Because you could ask the question How could there be some things that is prohibited to be eaten? Yet you can have other benefits from it. What's the question? Because it would seem that if this thing has some sort of something called evil. In other words, it's beyond our use. It's it should be it's something which is out of our um, ability to be able to use it. It's evil. The Torah considered it to be evil, and therefore you can't. So if it's evil and it's prohibited, from them. So how could you have any benefit from it? From the Gazakh we have to understand how is it possible that something should only be evil, that it should only not be eaten, but that you could use it for something else. Now the beer in them is, so the explanation is canal. as the is in Sura When we when the Torah prohibits something from being eaten, it's because the evil is only attached to the function of the thing. And therefore something that is edible, food you, can, you may not eat it because that is the part which is has evil in it therefore prohibited that thing which makes it edible that's the part which is prohibited but on the other hand therefore it's permitted to have other benefit from it because in the, in the elements of it in the very elements of it in the existence of it not its function but just its existence as a piece of physical matter which is what you would use as other kind of benefit because you're not eating it you're just using it in, in a basic form you want to give it to somebody as a gift or sell it or or even burn it as firewood over there, there is no evil. The evil hasn't penetrated so deeply that its very existence becomes evil. Only its function is evil, and therefore you're allowed to use it for other benefits. That explains that difference. But even when we talk about benefiting from it, since your connection to it even in using it in other ways besides eating is also that you're using it you're connected to it by using it and using it in some other way is also only when something is in a certain state of you know it has some function and therefore you're you're able to sell it because it has some value because it can be used in another way besides for eating does that in itself proves that it has some sort of function, maybe not it's not edible. Maybe it's not the function of eating it in the case of food, but it is some other function that you're using. so therefore there is some sort of um, function to it other than eating. and therefore that is where that's therefore that kind of function is still permitted so we're talking about when it's prohibited by law so even that prohibition is attached to some function of it which is what makes it valuable in some way so so that is also prohibited in other words it the the evil has penetrated to any function of that thing not just eating not just the external of having to be uh, fit for for to be edible but any kind of function becomes prohibited because as a deeper Contamination to it. But still, it's all in function. By Chometz de when we talk about Chometz, it has an additional level of prohibition. That it's not allowed, not allowed to even be in your possession at all. Even without any kind of use. You're not planning to touch it, you're not planning to have it, it's somewhere locked in a closet but it belongs to you and it's still there so you're not going to use, you're certainly not going to eat it you're not even going to use it, but it's just there even that's prohibited which means which means that the, the Ra that thing which the Torah finds objectionable about it has penetrated so deeply that never mind that it's gone into its functionality as food never mind that it's gone into its functionality of any other type of function, it has penetrated to its very existence that which the trader finds objection about it, goes all the way down to its very existence even though it doesn't have any function, because you're not going to eat it you're not going to use it, it's still prohibited but the fire that for this reason is the Yemotze the etzim faranikai. So therefore, just the fact that it exists, that it is there in your in your ownership, the very fact that it exists, from the mechametz, is also that in itself is already prohibited. So, in other words, the three levels of prohibition depend on how deeply the the Torah finds that objectionable. Is it just its function? For eating specifically, is its function of any kind of function, or even that you ha- you're not planning to use any function of it, just its being is already objectionable. Dalit In the mitzvah from Bir Chametz is the In regards to the mitzvah of, of destroying your Chametz, there is a machlaik decision between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim, between Rabbi Yehuda and the other sages. Rabbi Yehuda says, that the only way that you can Um, uh, get rid of your chametz is you have to burn it that's the only way that you can get rid of it (laughs) the chachamim however the other sages say (laughs) you can also crumble it up grind it up (laughs) and throw it to the wind throw it into the ocean you could do that too in order to get rid of your chametz meaning once Pesach has started once the prohibition of chametz has come so after noon after noon on Erev Pesach when the the chametz Prohibition sets in at that time the only way to get rid of it is either to burn it or to throw it to the or to grind it up according to the sages to grind it up and throw it to the wind before Pesach you can eat it, you can do whatever you want you can get rid of it in any way you can sell it to the guy, you could sell it to, to someone else but once the Prohibition has set in the only way to get rid of it is either according to Rabbi Yehuda only to burning, according to the other sages you can also crumble it up and throw it to the wind. When so the Raga is Mazbir, so the Raga So the goes and explains them Tama plucked at the reason why Rabbi Yehuda and the sages argue on this matter. Loit Yehuda according to Rabbi Yehuda Dafmem Mash them Etsim Metzius for to Rabbi Yehud, it's not... you have to destroy the very being of that chametz. Chametz is prohibited to its very core essence, and therefore, the only way to destroy it is to burn it, which means it no longer exists. And that's why you have to burn it. Because all you do is crumble it up and throw it to the wind. The chametz remains of course in small little crumbs but it still remains it's still out there you haven't really destroyed it you just got rid of it from your from your own uh, you know it's no longer with you but it's still there as it exists as chametz but uh, the sages hold they are of the opinion that it's enough if you destroy its description its function as Chametz. All you have to do is make sure that nobody can eat this Chametz, and therefore, when it's crumbled up and thrown to the wind, there's not enough in one place that it's going to even be, be eaten. And you can't have any benefit from it because Chametz is also prohibited from any benefit. So, all you have to do is take it out of its function either to be eaten or even to have any benefit from it and that's enough for destroying your chametz but you don't have to destroy the very core essence of the chametz that it doesn't exist at all and that of course is accomplished also when you just crumble it up and throw it to the wind so we understand this very idea the sheer from ashbasa how far does the destruction have to go, which is the machlegis between Rabbi Yehuda and the sages, is totally a viful that is a chametz. Dabra Obviously, according to what we explained, we can now see clearly the relationship between how far does the destruction have to go to how far did the impurity um, invade that chametz if we say that the prohibition which means that the impurity reaches down to its very core essence just its existence as so the destruction has to go so far as the etzim is from the Chumaz that you have to destroy the very essence of the chametz which means you have to burn it, it's the only way to get rid of it but if the prohibition which means that the contamination only reached its function whether its function as food or its function as anything useful is then it's only important to destroy its function the possibility to be able to eat it or have any kind of benefit from it but you don't, there's no need to destroy it that it doesn't exist anymore at all while in M is Nishtok HaNisa because there is no prohibition that attaches itself to the core essence of the chametz. so according to Rabbi Yehuda the prohibition reaches down into the very core and the only way to get rid of it, to destroy it is by burning it it no longer exists on any level and according to the other sages it only reaches its function and therefore if you destroy the function you don't have to burn it so one could say that these two opinions are in the two Rabbi and Rabbi Kiva that these two opinions of Rabbi Huda and the Chachamim they dovetail with the two opinions of Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Kiva in regards to how deeply the Machas reached into destroying the the blood the water which turned into blood and so on that we talked about before Rabalaza Vazak as the Kol Shall Arba according to Rabalaza that says that it was each maka was made up of four, as the Makas and Norgiven in the Zach, V S Hatsindam Sir Fundal Ya Saidis. That the Maka only reached in to the uh, cellular level, the elemental level of each of the things that were stricken by the Makas. Is Kishidas chachamim. he goes according to the other sages which is that you could simply crumble it up and throw it to the wind, as when Daf is from the you have to destroy only the existence of Chomet as Chomet its function the way it's just, the way it exists as a functional thing either you can eat it or you can sell it and so on. The the of the possibility to either eat it or benefit from it. And Das Rabbi kiva but according to Rabakiva Vahazatas for that each one of the makas was a five makas. The Makes and that the Makis reached into the very being, the very idea of this um, the concept of Khamatz, or in the case of the water, the very idea of water. Is does Valer Halt, that's because he holds, because she does Rabbi Yehuda, similar to what Rabbi Yehuda holds, Aim Bir Chametz, that the only way to destroy Chametz is by burning it, because it has to reach into the very idea of Chametz, the very existence of Chametz, just like the Makkah, which had to destroy the Egyptians, reached into the very idea of whatever it is that Hashem was striking, not just its functionality. Hey, the dogma to in, in Chometz, similar to these two ways of seeing birchametz that we just discussed. the in regards to the existence of chametz. The the metzias where the Torah prohibited um, the very existence of chametz, like Rabbi Yehuda holds even even though it's removed from any kind of function like for instance if it's being been crumbled into and thrown to the wind so it doesn't have any more function as chametz but that's not enough says Rabbi Yehuda the tater prohibits even that and you have to destroy it down to its very core because just any existence of chametz even if it's not functional is still prohibited Other, or if we look at it no not that way nor de is whether the prohibition only attaches itself to the functionality, to its description as a thing of, to eat or a thing to use in some other way the fact that it, it, it could be of some benefit, that is enough of a prohibition that is attached to Hametz but not to its very existence on a cellular level where it doesn't have any function at all, but that's still prohibited. Those are the two uh, opinions, as we said, Rabbi the Chachamim. In a similar way, there are also two approaches in the Isra no Gufa. In regards to the prohibition, when we say that something is, is prohibited from benefit, there are two ways in which that can be seen as well. But Kanal, which those two ways of looking at an Isra Ano, of the prohibition to have benefit from something, also has two ways of looking at it, and those also are connected, Ra is Tifer, the whether the contamination of it, which is what the Torah finds objectionable, that you should have any benefit from it, whether that penetrates only to its description or its functionality, or it goes even deeper to its very existence. What is he talking about? On the one hand, there is a Han deuma. There are certain things which are prohibited byhanah, only of any benefit, only a benefit which could lead, in some, some degree down the line, to being able to eat as explained as follows. Because generally speaking, when we talk about benefiting from something, it is going to eventually lead to a person being able to eat something. Because if you sell something, and that's the benefit that you had, what are you going to do with the money? You could buy food. So therefore, that, that's the kind of benefit that would be prohibited. Because a benefit which could lead to eating, not this object, but it leads to any kind of food of eating on the part of the person, that's prohibited. That's, that's the kind of ano which the Torah prohibits. which if you look at it, if you, uh, it really includes a very wide array of kind of, of benefit. Because the men because it include that would include any kind of benefit from which a person uh, earns something if it has, if there is a benefit at which you earn something, then that will automatically translate to the fact that you could buy food with that earning, so therefore that would be included in this kind of prohibition to have any that kind of benefit but because any kind of earnings that you have could lead to you being able to buy food then there is the other thing the other approach to to the prohibition to have any benefit some kind of use which a person has no personal earnings from it he doesn't have personal benefit from it but a benefit is had as, a, as an example Could you take something that is prohibited for any benefit at all and give it to a dog a wild dog that's out in the street it's not your responsibility you don't have to feed that dog and you throw it to the dog you have no personal benefit from it at all the dog has benefit from it so it's not going to lead to any kind of you being able to buy food with that you have no personal benefit at all because in that case you can't you can't tie it to I was able to buy food as a result of benefiting from this you weren't able to in Yerushalmi there is actually a dispute between two opinions whether you, if something that is which is prohibited from you're not allowed to have any benefit from it in the way that you get rid of it can you throw it to the wild dogs one opinion says that it is permitted as the uh, as the, posuk, the other opinion says that no, it's not per- permitted because there's a pasuk which says the loya chametz shall not be eaten so that teaches that includes also aset the from Michael's and the Chamas that it should it should not, should not be eaten by anybody. You should not through you it should not lead to anyone eating it, which means not even wild dogs, which are not your personal responsibility. You have no personal uh, gain from it, but the Torah says it shall not be eaten, which means no one. You shouldn't you shouldn't allow for any kind of eating, even wild dogs. Because uh, after all you gave it to them. You gave it to them. So that's the dispute in the Rishalmi. So therefore we could say also, is that also this dispute is connected with that same question is the is the How far does the prohibition of Khamet penetrate the the Khamets how how far is the contamination? oid der surish shair ev them etzem zar nor ev nor evless hot a shair tsamtayevetzir if we say that the prohibition sets itself in it penetrates only as far as to its function as we said before dan is der isra nor then the prohibition of having any benefit from it pas va bun mit netzma davkanal which is connected to the HaNoah, uh, when you say that it's not just that you're not allowed to eat it, but that you're not allowed to have any benefit from it, it means that it's the, it's not just its function as food, but it's any function at all, is already prohibited. is in the So then you could say that the prohibition of benefit only extends to a benefit which could lead in some way to your eating something not this but something maybe as expressed in the, in the halacha it brings it leads to some sort of eating and that's what the Torah prohibits but if you say that the prohibition is makes its way deeper into the into this objectional object that it reaches deeper not only to its function but to any kind of to its very existence then the prohibition of having benefit is a it's a prohibition which goes beyond its function certainly as food that includes any kind of benefit that it could offer is also prohibited, not just a function which could lead to food, but any kind of function at all is prohibited even the kind which doesn't lead lead to eating so therefore you couldn't even feed it to the dogs, because even though you have no personal benefit from it, and therefore cannot it couldn't lead to any kind of eating on your part, but it's any kind of function that this thing offers is prohibited to you you can't even feed it to a wild dog so based on this now that we've linked the prohibition how deeply it goes to the to the to to its connection to Iser so based on this we could say that, of that which Rabbi Aglili says what did Rabbi Yosei Aglili say and now that his opinion is brought in the Mechilta right before these two opinions of Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Kiva what did he say as we say this also bef- uh, right before in the Haggadah we say this also how do we know that the, each Maked that the Yidden uh, sorry that the, goy, that the Mitzrayim had in Mitzrayim was of 10 which means in this case only 10 there were 10 makas, and that's what it was, it was limited to the maka, not like Rabbi, Ke- Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Kiva say that each one was multiplied by four or five, so he says, no, it's limited to its own maka, but he says, by the sea, by the splitting of the Red Sea, they had 50 makas, because they had ten, uh, five times as much as a Mitzrayim, but the point is, that the, the maka in Mitzrayim was simply, the makkah, which is so water, was stricken. That's all. Water was stricken, became blood, and so on. Each maka. So, why does he say that it didn't go any deeper than simply the function of water, the water as it is water? Is vile because the shitasi, according to him, is Chametz mutabana. He holds that Chametz is permitted to have other benefit. You're allowed to have benefit from Chametz, you're just not allowed to eat Chametz. That's his opinion. Because does uh, and this shows canal as the isachametz is not in teiradover. The fact that he holds that the prohibition of chametz only penetrates to the function of chametz as a food, but that you can use it in any other way, means that it's it only the prohibition, which means the contamination of the chametz, only reaches skin deep to its function which means that as far as how deeply the contamination of Mitzrayim touched something which means that it only affected the very outer dimension of it which means its function the way it functions as an entity or as food and that's why he holds that the makis also only had to go how far, how deeply did they have to go only to the outer expression of it water functions as water He didn't have to go into the cellular level that even the things which make up the very existence of water had to be broken down because the contamination didn't reach that far so these two things are linked the fact that the Yosey Aglili holds that chametz is permitted for other use other than eating works very well with the fact that he holds that there was no need there's no need to ban from any other purpose other than eating and that there, is, there was no need to strike the Mitzrayim any further than just the outer functionality of whatever Hashem decided to strike based on what we just said as the plukta for Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe that the Machleg whether it was four or five for each Mach totally how deeply the contamination of Mitzrayim penetrated the land of Mitzrayim and everything that would contain it within it which is why Hashem had to bring the Mach in order to break it down but the question is how deeply did it penetrate we can explain also the Tam fundi medros has been the we can explain the difference that we find in different Medrashim about how to describe the four Goliaths we know that there are four Golis, four exiles which the Jews went, are going through in history and the one that now so there are different opinions in the Medish about this B'Reiwa Mekayim is in most places Ved Golis Mitzrayim Nishgirech <Hebrew> Mitzrayim is not counted as one of the four and as the, the reason is explained because Mitzrayim is is the root of it all it's the, that one Golis and Mitzrayim was as, as bad as all of them together and even worse cannot be counted as one of the four it's this, the mother of all Golis because it's way beyond all the, other, the rest, the other four. On the other hand, there are places where Mitzrayim is included amongst the four, which of course is the first one of the Dalad Malchis, regardless of the four kingdoms and exiles that the Jews went through. If you don't count Mitzrayim, it would be the Babylonian exile. The Persian exile, a kingdom in which the Jews were uh, under the domination of the Persians. The Greek exile, which we know that they they invaded at Yisrael, the story of Hanukkah. And the Roman exile, which is Golosedem, which is now the continuation of that. So now about the two ways of looking at it, whether Mitzrayim is included or not. We could say, as these two shittas, that these two opinions and ifabunim demechilik andal are also tied into this difference, aiviful hatumus mitzrayim dorgenum andaz mitzrayim to how deeply the contamination of Egypt penetrated Egypt. The birbuzet to explain, the tamvus mitzrayim vered bereivah meklemis nishdomansvish andadale malchus vegolius. The reason that Mitzrayim is in most places is not counted as one of the four exiles is because the four kingdoms and the exiles correspond to the four letters of the name Havayat and the exile of Mitzrayim corresponds to that little point on top of the Yud which represents something much higher that, than the name Havaya itself how you do, and based on what is known as the Dalit you say the same Dalit is that the four elements that we mentioned before—Aish, fire, and the gas, and water and earth—are they also correspond to the uh, to the four letters of Abaya. On Shul Yud, and the point on top of the Yud, Keser, which represents the crown. Which supersedes the entire rishonos, that's what, which goes over the intellect and emotional construct, is Dugmas hachaymer hakaidem yuli. That represents the very idea of something, the potential of something before it actually becomes a reality. In other words, the the concept of it. Kumtoi, so comes that as the Dalit Golias and the negative Dalad Ya this, that the four exiles represent the four elements, ungolas mitrayim atangirit and the chemirayuli, and that the exile that the Tuma of Mitzrayim touched even to the very core to the very idea of something. Undi in Razal Vu Mitzraim Ver the Monsvish the Dalud Malchias. And in those uh, those uh, Chazal, those uh, statements of the sages where Mitzrayim is counter amongst the four, is thus Leman Da'ama is neged is Chachma. That would go according to the opinion that Mitzrayim represents Chachma, which means one of the ten already within the the letter Yud of Shemavaya. is the and even though, even according to this opinion, Mitzrayim is still the source of all the four Goliaths, as chachma, the very first level of intellect, it is still the root and the cause and the, the source of all the is It's a root which includes. In other words, it already has the, like just like the brain, the, the intellect has the and contains everything that comes after it. So Mitzrayim contains everything that comes after it, but it's still part of the four as well. According to this opinion, so according to this opinion, it would be that Mitzrayim, the contamination, only went so deep as the elements, the element down to the elemental level, but not to the hiyuli, to the potential, to the very idea of something. In other words, the second level that we talked about all along, rather than the even uh, uh, superseding that into the very concept and idea of something but we're talking about Mitzrayim being on the level of keser the, the, the smidgen on top of the yud and that in other words transcending even the elements up that Mitzrayim represents the very idea, the very core of something so in this paragraph the Rebbe was simply explaining that other opinion in which Mitzrayim is one of the four but I think he's focusing on the other opinion which is where Mitzrayim is transcendent of the four Zion sorry, before we start Zion so just to sum up that this also ties in to the way we see Mitzrayim as opposed to the other Goliath is Mitzrayim the contamination which transcends even the elements, and therefore the very concept of it is already contaminated, contaminated, and therefore it's called the Golos, on that level, and therefore Hashem had to break it down to the very core essence of it, and therefore that would be the five, why each Maka had to be five, and why Ichometh, is prohibited even from Balyiroa Balamotsa because its very existence, the very idea of it, even though it has no functionality for you, it's already prohibited. And that's what uh, you know the focus is. Or do we say the no only reaches the contamination only reaches to its elemental level, and that's why it is counted as one of the four. Now let's start Zion. Zion, the Inufung the Golisutsius Mitzrayim is this idea of golus and then leaving golus leaving Mitzrayim is also, it means something also in our personal Havidah it's not just a historical event but every Yid experiences that in their own personal life Mitzrayim is Mitzrayim comes from the word limitations, boundaries Golos Mitzrayim What does it mean that a Yid is in Golos Mitzrayim? As the Yaveda from that the Yaveda that a Yid does is mitagvul. is always limited. Can't break out. It always has some sort of a limitation. Medidav agbolah. That's what the limitation When you see this Mitzrayim, what does it mean that a Yid leaves Is Mitzrayim? Which means a Yid's ability to be able to break out of all these limitations. In their And it doesn't mean only the limitations that are imposed by the animal soul, but even limitations that are imposed by the godly soul. Because the godly soul also has a certain structure, and therefore wants to work within that structure, but sometimes there's a need to break out of that, the box. So even that can be considered see as Mitzrayim and that's the basis of the machlokes between Rabbi Lez and the nor in the whether the makas had to reach only the four elements or all even to the potential that that which transcends the four elements. what does this mean as a spiritual life of everyid? nor in is it necessary for a person to break out of the box only in the structure in the four and the ten faculties of the soul which means the three elements of intellect the seven emotional levels and they they, they present a certain limitation because everything works within a certain structure and you have to learn how to get you know go beyond that but that's where you need to break out of the which are divided into four general categories which correspond to the four letters of the Shema which are number one Avaida Bapayu Bemachshava Diburumaisa. That is going from down upwards, working your way up. There is the Avaida that a person has in their in their function, the things they do, the things they say, the way they the things they think, even the things things that you think. But those are all connected with Malchus, the lowest level. Malchus is how do things play out? That's what it means. You have a certain way that you think and feel, but we're talking now about how do they play out? Machshava thought, speech, and action. Then there is the second level upward, going up. The midas how do they? How is your emotional attachment? How do you, how does your how do your emotions relate to a certain thing? Then there is the seichel bina. In how it is your intellect? how do you analyze this idea? What is your thought about it? what's your attitude towards it in your mind? and then there is the fourth level, that transcendent level, which is connected to Messi Nefesh, the fact that you can you're ready to give your life for it, which mean that comes from chokhmah, which means it is a an element of intellect which transcends your Understanding of intellect, it's something which is deep seated in your subconscious, and that your dedication to Hashem is to the degree that you're even willing to give your life for that. So, those are all the four elements of Avoid. Or does it go even further than that? Other than Yechidish, does it also go down to the very core essence of the soul, which is the, the correspondent level to what we call the potential or the very idea of something because that talks about the core essence of the soul even the serious is not yet the very core essence of the sho- soul it is to some degree um, something transcendent of the way you function normally but it is not yet the core essence the yuli is the core essence so how far does yetziya Mitzrayim have to be Reb Leizer Hal Reb Leizer holds us Kol Makers that the Makers were afore made up afore. As Daf Zain the Abud from Zain he says that the your efforts, your work, in order to escape your limitations, in Alefir Sugivukay Zhanefish have to be for all four levels that we talked about in your functioning functioning as a human being. Arayzgin from the Agbolus Finyedn says that you have to be able to escape any limitations that are posed by your thought, speech, and action. Any limitations posed by your emotional attachment to something. Even though you're emotionally attached to something, get out of that um, out of that connection and go beyond it. Find a new emotional attachment if you need to, if it's hindering and hampering your Avedis Hashem. If you have a certain way of looking at something, understanding something, and that's what's limiting you, Learn to think of it in a new paradigm. And even serious Nefesh, there has to be a uh, there you could go further. And he explains it. And is on the lowest level it is in is that your limitations in your ability to fight off the Yetzaharain which the Yetsahara is what causes you to transgress, God forbid. In whether in, uh, when in your behavior or the way you speak or the way you think and so that's your actual behavior so sometimes there is you know for normal prohibitions you don't need that you know extra special you have to get out of Mitzrayim and so on but there are certain things which are very challenging to a person even in their regular in their behavior and you need effort Great effort in order to break out of your meditations to be able to not be uh, not fall into the trap of the Y A a more refined level of this, of Nizer so that even though he's very careful, absolutely careful, he would never do something which pro- prohibited, a Philodictal for him, even to the, down to the smallest um, rabbinic prohibition but your behavior and how you go about your the, doing the things which you are permitted to do like you know you're allowed to eat kosher but how do you eat kosher? you do it in a way that you know what the world teaches you know Sunday has to be a barbecue or whatever other I'm just giving an example of the things I do but I'm <laughs> There, we don't have to be. We don't have to base our life on what the world around us dictates. You have to get out of what the world dictates. That's not what we have to do, even in, a, in permitted areas of behavior. <laughs> And it go, could go so far as that whatever you do, it's always about what will the people say? You know, will the neighbors think? What would the people that I know think? what would my friends think? It, it's always about what other people will think. And this kind of behavior comes from the fact that you're very limited. the, uh, your feelings about what the world around you, what would be their attitude to your. Behavior, so it's connected to your emotional connection to the things around you. in was Like I said, your emotional, um, your emotions, which, how do you feel about what other people think about you? So you have to break out of that as well. I feel of an engagement. in a room. I rose the mididz von the and even if you already get out of those limitations, even if you're no longer worried about what other people will say, but then you begin to see that you, your own way of thinking and, and feeling limits you in what you're doing. Your avayda is only in things that make sense to you. They have to make sense to you in order to do something. It has to, it has to fit in with your cold logic. And you can't do something which transcends your own um, cold logic. So that's the third level. Seichel, Bina. The herz to darge vumadaf ba'avonin and the avayda fin yitzchus mizraim the very highest level where one has to make sure to get at a, a mizraim to leave the limitations behind l'dasr rav lezer koenrav at least because rav has another level he is in the avayda from mesirus nefesh is in the area mesirus nefesh chachmas shem nefesh the what he called chachmas shem nefesh eris taka even afshem le'mayla matam v'das true. I have come to the level where I can serve Hashem even transcendent of what I think is important or what I think, the way I think I see that Hashem wants something even more so I'm willing to do even that but still there is a limitation connected to it even in a nefesh you find yourself limited to what kind of a nefesh you're ready for al this is similar to what the story that the Friedrich Rebbe told, that about a certain person was heard by Lena in Echad, that a certain person that when he was reading Shema, he, was, he in Echad in the word Echad where it says that one should, say, you know, draw it out, which means take time when you say Echad, take time to think about what this means so he thought about this and he meditated on it and he stopped in the Echad to see what does it mean it means the total dedication and self-sacrifice for Hashem and then he said that he was so into that meditation that the meditation took almost a full minute which made him very proud Er hat sich vertieft in dem Mitzbanenus von Echad. He was so deeply engrossed in this idea of Echad, which Vasinyanez Mizrish Neves, what is the meditation of Echad? Total self-sacrifice for Hashem. Um Baba Shav, but at the very same time, I think he kept Kupnoif Azeger. He was still keeping track of the clock. Um Oizgerechan, Oizgerechan in the Zeit, and was able to follow the time. Vasariz Gistanin the Dnu from Mizrish Neves. He had. He knew exactly how long he was in this meditation of Mesiris Nefesh. The concept of mes- Mesiris Nefesh is something which is totally transcendent. I'm willing to give up everything for Hashem, even my very life. But even that was limited to almost an entire minute. And it's not about how long it took. It's about keeping track of how long it took. That's the contradiction here. That's the limitation on his going beyond limitation. Oh, this is a very coarse, a very gross expression of that. But in a more subtle way, is Ba'em, Ba'em is Noch, uh, Dod, Hergish, a person can practice, can be into the mode of Mesiris Nefesh, but the feeling is, as a private Mesiris Nefesh, he is very much aware that he is now uh, sacrificing his life he's now in the mode where he wants to sacrifice his life. That is which means that it's still to some very subtle way in some subtle degree, it's about him. I am practicing Messias Nevesh. That's a limitation on the very concept of Messias Nefesh, which means going beyond yourself. Messias Nevesh means that your dedication to Hashem is so thorough that it even even if it takes away your whole who you are, because you lose your life that, but here still your, I am practicing Mrs Nefesh, undermines it in a subtle way, of course but it still undermines it, and therefore one needs to be able to learn to go beyond that as well Ches, I've dem tutuf rabakiva, and so rabakiva comes and he says goes one more one further, than, even than this as makas, shloch, hamash, makas, rabbi makas, is five makas, which means that it ha, even has to reach further than that. Rabbi Lezer is al shem leke The name uh, Rabbi Lezer, the other opinion, not Rabbi Kiva, is why was uh, Moshe, Why did Moshe call his son Eliezer? Because the God of my father was at my assistance. Eliezer is a Ezri. As given Ben Hurkunus so Eliezer, Rebeleziman Horkonus, he had a father Hurkonus, which was a person of uh, well known in the in the Jewish community, Umben Avram Yitzhug Yaakov, he was a descendant of Avram Yitzhug Yaakov, like every Jew, but still he he had that Rabbi Kiva was different as we'll soon see. Thus had and dem was he had the assistance of Hashem. Or his the God of his forefathers therefore Rabbi Lezer was in he came from within the Jewish community and he was you know well connected so to speak in his in his background and so on, so to him it was impossible that a Jew could be compromised even to his to that thing which transcends Chachma Mesiris Nefesh, to the very core essence of the soul, there was no need for the for dealing with the Yitzhizim. on that level because that level is un- uncorruptible. He comes from within the Jewish community; that's uncorruptible. But because we know that even when a person commits a sin, the core essence of the soul remains loyal, and that's where Rabbi Leza was coming from. That is, there's no need to have to practice Mitzrayim on that level that is always out of Mitzrayim Rabbi Kiva on the other hand he came from converts he was a descendant of converts he was addressing such people where we're not, first of all, we're not certain about their essence of the soul because they're not even under the wings of Hashem to begin with. So he's talking on a on a different level already. But dakah Yeser or in a more in a more subtle way, people that are yidden, however, the Aveda from kfir Kidasi, the Aveda what's called Khfirmi miyhidasi, which means that there just like there is yichide which is this most powerful draw connection to hashem there is also the counterbalance because hashem creates also klipa, which has the level of yichide which means there sometimes is this irrational inexplicable draw that a person has to gashmis to klipa, and it can't even be explained you would think that you could explain your your attraction to klippa but sometimes it's so powerful as a, it would seem to be a counterbalance to the powerful draw that a Yid, that a Neshama has to Hashem there is a counterbalance to a, a connection and a draw to Gashmi inexplicable and you have to be able to deal with that which means that there is a need to somehow fix this essence of the soul because it seems to be drawn in an irrational way to things which it shouldn't be say, but on the other hand, because you have to deal with the, the fixing the essence of the soul, which seems to be drawn in the wrong direction. that because you deal with it, now you're able to liberate even the essence of the soul from its Mitzrayim from said you're able to escape the limitations which even the and the essence of the soul seems to have through the langen in the and the way you do this is because you reach in you borrow from the of the the of the godly soul which is completely unlimited and that helps you to counter the the corruption of the essence of the soul which seems to be drawn to Gashmir's and Klipe. So that's what Rabbi Kiva is talking about. That sometimes there is even a, an escape that is needed. Itzius Mitzrayim that is needed even in the fifth level, even in that deep core, essential level. What does bring to Itzius Mitzrayim and all this leads you to brings you to Itzius Mitzrayim in every single level, even the fifth level, or the gomrah and to the final conclusion of Itzius Mitzrayim, which means the Itzius of Mitzrayim, the Golos that we should finally reach the Yitzis Mitzrayim of this Mitzrayim that we're in which is the current Golas as the pasuk says just like I took you out of Mitzrayim then I will show you similar wonders in the final Gula that it should happen now